Hey everyone, welcome another Devo with Patrick and Jamie. Patrick, what's the big news today? <laughs> the big news. One of my favorite stores closed for good. <laughs> so sad. Fry's Electronics, the mm-hmm. place that I went to build my first and second computers is all all gone. And Fry's, they used to do great Black Friday deals. And they were they would only open on Friday at 5 a.m. And you had to wait in line, the whole thing. And now they're gone. Now they're gone. Well, let me ask this question. Where did you get the material for your third computer? <laughs> Amazon and There and we go. <laughs> there yeah. we go. Now Amazon. you know why they closed. Uh, didn't quite uh, keep up, I guess. Well, for my third computer, I did get the case at Fry's. Okay. All right. Yeah. So I did do there that. There you go. Well, we're Pat, not here to talk about fries. We're here we're to not. talk about God. Yes. And uh, <laughs> we are absolutely here to talk about the Lord and to talk about scripture. And so, Pat, what scripture are we in today? Today we are in Mark chapter 8, and we're going to look at verses 31 through 38. 31 through 38. It's two different stories, but it's all short overall, and they kind of go hand in hand. Great. So, shall Jamie, I start reading? Yeah, I read on Wednesday, so okay. you read I'll today. Be, I'll be the guy to read. So here we go. Mark chapter 8, verse starting with verse 31. He then began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and after three days rise again. He spoke plainly about this, and Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But when Jesus turned and looked at his disciples, he rebuked Peter. Get behind me, Satan, he said. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. Then he called the crowd to him along with his disciples and said, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world, yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? If anyone is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his Father's glory with the holy angels. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. There we go. A lot of red letter uh, red text in the second part of this, a lot yes. of Jesus speaking, uh, and rightfully so. And you know, I, Patrick, I have to, uh, I have to bring up another podcast. Is it, is it when you're doing a Devo, is it safe to bring up another podcast? Uh, sure. I, we'll I don't think it. there's any rules. So, okay. Okay. <laughs> I just didn't know. I mean, I don't know like the way that these things go. I read the other, or yesterday, I was reading an article and it said that for a brief period, the number one podcast in the country was called Bible in a Year. Oh, yes. Uh, yeah. And it's a priest out of, I think, Duluth um, or somewhere in Minnesota who reads through the Bible and gives short commentary. And it's been in the top, it's been the top podcast in the nation and in the top five, like since it began. Um, which I think is awesome that people listening to scripture is like a really big deal. And it's basically just a guy reading the scripture and giving some comments. So, um, I'm glad that, uh, that we are in the same vein of that reading scripture together. 
we're not going to go through the Bible in a year. Uh, it might take us longer than that, but uh, we're going to give you some good chunks of scripture, uh, including all the red letters. So, yeah. Wait, what? All the red letters? No, we'll read the red letters. Oh, oh like yeah, you were talking yeah. about Jesus words. We're gonna we're gonna stick with those pretty tight. So, yeah. um, great. So you're right. There are a lot in here. So is that Bible in the year? I think that's finished now. I think oh, that, that wrapped was, up okay, in December. Yeah, that was last year. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm not positive. Yeah. But it does actually say that they're doing it again because it said new Bible in 365 daily episodes starting January 1st, 2021. Okay. So there you go. Yeah. So very interesting. Uh, we, we could try to conquer that, but it sounds like someone's already doing it. Yeah, no, no, no. It's, it's already a thing. Uh, I think our thing here is, is basically <laughs> here's how to read the Bible and try to understand it as you go. Yeah. And it's interesting. Uh, that project, a podcast every day for a year that probably that project probably started two years ago. I don't know if that is necessarily a, I'm going to sit down and, and do this every day. I think that there's a lot of prep work that went into that. Yeah, I imagine that you would probably need to have a pretty good team to mm-hmm. make that happen as well. So I'm assuming yeah. there's people who are doing a lot of the background stuff. But enough about podcasts. Let's talk <laughs> about Jesus. Yeah. So verse 31, then he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and after three days rise again. So this is like, to us, we hear about this. We're like, oh yeah, Jesus has to suffer. Yep. Jesus is rejected by the elders and the chief priests. We know that. We've been to the Good Friday services, to the Easter services. We've read the Gospels, maybe. You know, I, I'm saying we have, meaning I have, and I know you have, and a lot of people who are around church have heard these stories before. Uh, and and then he says, yeah, he must be killed, and after three days rise again. And that is just like this thing. Even if you don't know about the Bible or you don't know about Jesus, you know that he dies, and you know that he rises again. It's mm-hmm. sort of like common knowledge but it's hard for us to put ourselves back in the place of these disciples, right? To get yeah. back into their heads, what they're thinking, what they're dealing with. And a lot of what they're thinking is that, and what Peter's confessed to is that Jesus is the Messiah. He's this great figure who's going to come and save the day. Yeah. And the last thing that a hero does is die. Right. Right. Yeah. That's the last thing. And a hero isn't rejected. I mean, what, what Peter's expecting is that the son of man isn't going to suffer, but he's going to be glorified. What Peter's expecting is that the elders are, are going to finally turn around and not reject him, but they're going to accept him. And the chief priests and the teachers are going to worship him mm-hmm. and that he's not going to be killed, but he's going to be, uh, he's going to live and he's going to be on the, on the throne forever. Um, that's what Peter is expecting. That's yeah. like what they're looking for. Right. Um, and so for us, we read this and we're like, well, yeah, we know the end of this story. But these people didn't. When Jesus was teaching this to them, they're like, what? In fact, in one of our stories we talked to after the transfiguration, they're walking down the mountain. That's when Jesus kind of put on the light show and showed himself for who he was. (laughs) Yeah. He walked down the mountain. And as he's walking down the mountain, they're discussing like, what does he mean by rising from the dead? They thought it was like a metaphor. They didn't think he really meant that he was going to die and rise again. So, yes. And so like verse 32, he, Jesus spoke plainly about this and Peter took him aside 
and began to rebuke him. This is the line in this entire verse that like gets me. <laughs> yeah. And I, and it's because of this. It's because, can you think like, I, I don't know. A lot of people say, I can't understand the Bible. It's really hard to understand. I don't get it. Or they'll read like something that Jesus says. Because Jesus says some stuff that's like, that's kind of out there, you know? Right. Yeah. It's not, it's not super intuitive. It's not super clear. It's like, Oh, he told a parable about, um, coins, like a lost coin. Like, okay. I mean, I guess that's like something, but Jesus finally is speaking plainly. Yeah. <laughs> and when he finally speaks plainly, what's the response of Peter? <laughs> uh, he has a little heart to heart with Jesus, right? Yeah. Jesus turned around, looked at his disciples. He rebuked Peter. Get behind me, Satan. He said, you do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. Mm. I think that kind of relates back to the whole superhero thing. Like you just said, like a superhero will save the day um, and has, you know, humans that, I mean, I guess like comically or not comically, but you know, in, in movies like the Incredibles superheroes, they have human interests in mind, um, but not like eternity in mind, so to say. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, you know, that's a part of being human. I, I'm also drawn to this just with, like, I think about my own life. I don't know about you, but a lot of times we wish God would just tell us like, okay, what's going to happen? Yeah. What's the next move? What, <laughs> what are you going to do next? And it reminds me of that line from that movie, that movie, you know, you can't handle the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's kind of true, right? Like Peter couldn't handle the truth. Yeah. Uh, Jesus spoke plainly and Peter like had to have a little side, you know, conversation with him to set him right. And right. instead Jesus calls him Satan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I can't think like, really? Is that you're really going to call him Satan? Well, I, I guess like, uh, I guess that's what he was being um, in the moment. Yeah. Now, what's crazy here is Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. But Peter eventually would be the leader of the church, mm-hmm. right? He would eventually be, you know, Jesus said, on this rock, I will build my church, referring to Peter. It's a play on words. Um, and so Peter is reinstated back into this position of being kind of the chief of the disciples, the chief of the apostles, yeah. um, meaning that he even has a chance to kind of turn it around. He goes from being called Satan to being turned around. So why do you think yeah. he called him Satan? Why do you think he went to that? Well, sometimes when I don't understand like scripture, I'll check out different translations of scripture. And yeah. I and to help me understand that, I think Eugene Peterson in the message writes out this correspondence in a way that is a little easier to understand. He says, Peter, get out of my way. Satan, get lost. You have no idea how God works. And I think he's saying, mm. um, like, Peter isn't necessarily Satan, but Satan's present is a, among them. Mm. And is saying to that presence, uh, you get out of here, get lost. Peter, you are like listening to Satan's presence in this moment uh, you need to get out of the way, step aside and, you know, pray about it, confess your sins, whatever it might be. And then this presence of Satan needs to just get out of here. Yeah. So I think that's kind of how I 
reading that, I can relate to that a little bit and like understand it on a deeper level. Yeah. And I think too, you know, this kind of is pointing back to another time when Jesus was tempted in the wilderness. And in Matthew, it's recorded where Jesus actually says, away from me, Satan. He basically mm-hmm. says the same type of a phrase here. Yeah. Um, because Satan is tempting him, right? Mm-hmm. And I think Peter is sort of acting as a tempter, right? Yeah. Peter's like rebuking Jesus and saying, you don't have to go to the cross. You mm-hmm. don't have to die for people. You don't have to, uh, you can be in glory. Like, just just do that. And, and Peter is, or Jesus is hearing probably some of the same words and language and ideas and thoughts that uh, he heard when Satan was tempting him. Yeah. Um, very similar kind of line of thinking. And right. Jesus condenses that into that beautiful phrase, right? You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. Mm-hmm. Pat, just this is going to put you on the spot. Percentage of your day, how, like from a percentage standpoint, how much of your day are you thinking about concerns of God versus concerns of humans? Human concerns versus God concerns. Oh, man. That's like, that's kind of difficult. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like I know I, I want to believe that most of my day I am thinking about God's concerns, but I know that's not true. <laughs> like, uh, I... I think that there's parts of my day where I subconsciously am like considering God's concerns and not just human concerns. But, uh, I don't know if that's like enough. I don't know how to put a percentage to that either. Yeah. It's, it's hard to do. And some of it because it comes down to your motivation, right? So like in your head, you might be thinking, Oh, today I'm hungry. I want to eat. Um, is that a God concern or a human concern? Well, God cares about us. God feeds us, right? God wants to take care of us. So um, that might be like a godly concern that you are like feeding yourself. Mm-hmm. But if you're thinking like, man, I really could go for a fourth burrito today. Um, or, <laughs> you know, I want to go to that new fancy restaurant because it makes me feel cool when I go there. That's more likely like a human concern. Yeah. Um but even in like really good stuff, like maybe you're spending part of your day and you're thinking about um, how you can raise money for, let's say, uh, hungry people. Right. Um, that's great. God cares about that, right? That's a good thing to do. Mm-hmm. But if you're doing that in an attempt to make yourself look better or to make your, you feel better about yourself, then that might actually be a human concern. And not right. a godly concern, right? So right, yeah. it is really hard to decide that. But uh, probably a good question for all of us to kind of check. Like, is this really, like, do I have the concerns of God in mind? Or is it really human concerns in mind? It's kind yeah. of a good check. So Yeah, something to think about. And now let's dive into the second pa- little chunk of passage. It's titled, The Way of the Cross. It's mostly Jesus talking. Uh, it says Jesus is talking um, it says verse 34, then he called the crowd to him along with his disciples and said, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. Pretty famous scripture passage that yes. is oftentimes paraphrased or misquoted. <laughs> That's true. Uh, now I used to run a youth group and the name of the high school youth group was called uh, crosswalk. And this was the theme verse. Okay. It was whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross and follow me. That was the, 
the main verse that we use. So all the kids would memorize that verse. And if they memorize that verse and a couple other things, I think we gave them like a sweatshirt or something. Sweet. Um, yeah, there you go. You know, um, but yeah, you're right. I think sometimes it is often just sort of quoted or hung out there. How have you heard it used like inappropriately or out of context? Oh, I'm not saying inappropriately okay. or, or out of context. Uh, but oftentimes a lot of people say, yeah, take up your cross and follow Christ uh, right. and skip miss out on the uh, deny themselves part, which I think is Ooh, like, important. yes, <laughs> you know, and I, I think you're right, man. That's like the key, the key word in here is mm-hmm. deny. Yeah. Um, and like also understanding what, why, you know, the yeah. first part, whoever wants to be a disciple, it's one thing to just pick up your cross and follow Christ. Like that's people that do that. That's a good first step, but yeah. you have to understand that you're also denying yourself and you are jumping on board with being a disciple. Yeah. And that's kind of where I think it was, it's oftentimes a little misquoted. Yeah, I think you're right. And I think the word deny yourself, there's a couple of things about this that I, I want to touch on. One is the word for denying yourself in, in the Greek isn't super common in the scriptures. I think it's used like a dozen times. Okay. But one of the place the places where it is used is when Peter denies Jesus. Mm. Um, when the rooster crows three times and, and that whole thing happens, um, Peter is denying, instead of denying himself, he's denying Jesus, hmm. um, which he will still do. Right. Uh, Jesus takes this like awkward moment with Peter and turns it into a teaching moment for everyone, uh, which he seems to often do. And the idea of self-denial is, is really not popular right now. Mm-hmm. What what we tell everyone is, oh, you have to be true to yourself. Right. You have to love yourself. You have to understand yourself. You have to know yourself. Uh, you, you, and, and basically we do a lot of inward looking mm-hmm. uh, into who we are. <laughs> and um, I don't, I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing in and of itself. It's not a bad thing. However, when Christ calls us to follow him, he calls us to not have anything that's above him. We need to deny ourselves. We need to deny our own, our own rights. This is what humility is, right? It's yeah. denying the things that you are deserved or you think you deserve. Uh, and instead, um, following Jesus, even when that means going up to the cross. Now, in that, in that time, in that era, a cross was considered like the most shameful awful thing for someone Hmm. it was because it was death it was torture it was a sign of the roman um occupation so it was also a sign that like we as a nation are not even in control of you know our own people um it was on the the roman road they actually there was some um uh an era when there would be thousands of dead bodies on crosses well, because it was like the, the punishment they would do. And they would do that. It was like meant, it was not just, you know, warfare in terms of like, you're killing people. It was also sort of like a mental game mm-hmm. saying we're in charge here. You're not in charge. So to die on a cross was like the least powerful thing that could happen to a person. Right. Um, and it was shameful for them, for their family and for the whole nation. Uh-huh. And so when someone says, pick up your cross, it's like, that's the last thing you would ever want to pick up. Hmm. Yeah. 
And I think you, kind of what you're saying feeds into verse 35 for whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. Yeah. And that's eternal life right there. Right. You know, we're mm. not here to save our lives in the here and now we're here to uh, we're here to deal with eternity. Mm-hmm. And that's the spiritual side of, of us. And I think everyone knows it. I think everyone in their heart, uh, when they stop and they think, we are built for thinking about and trying to understand eternity. Mm-hmm. And when we don't get a chance to do that, or when we're just distracted by whatever the next five minutes holds for us, whatever the next, you know, TikTok video or reel or post holds, <laughs> like if that's what's grabbing our attention, <laughs> Uh, and that's all we're caring about. We're not spending any time thinking about eternity anymore. And, and so we're built to think about eternity and to consider it because that's what we're dealing with here. You know, this, it's not just the here and now, this is an all time thing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that verse, what good is it for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? Um, or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? Right. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Like, can you buy it? No. Like, is there anything better than no? Right. Um, and then Jesus, you know, he throws down this, like, like, Hey, you got to pick up shame and, and defeat if you want to follow me. And then 38, if anyone is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the son of man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his father's glory with the holy angels. So man, Jesus is throwing it down right here. Yeah, I, I think Jesus, you know, is trying to really make his point very, very clear, especially after his previous interaction with with Peter, right? Like Jesus is wanting to, I feel like Jesus has had kind of danced around the bush about what is going to happen. And he's like, enough is enough. It's time for the, the whole news to be spilled right now. Yeah, I'm putting it out here. And, you know, he also in here says he's coming back, right? Um, he's going to come in his father's glory with the holy angels. Yeah. Um, that's an epic scene mm-hmm. and that's not something that we've seen yet. That's not something that's happened yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jesus ascended into heaven and is at the right hand of the father. And that's what scripture tells us. Uh, but we have not seen Jesus, um, in his father's glory with the holy angels. And that is something that uh, everyone will have a chance to see. And for those of us who have our faith in Jesus, who love, who love the Lord and trust in him and want to give our lives to him um, for those people, that is, that's a joy. That's a celebration moment. Yeah. But for those who haven't, uh, for the people who have never experienced Christ, who have never put their hope in him and don't want to deal with it and are ashamed of Jesus. and like, I don't want any part of that. Um, that's not going to be a joyful thing. That's going to be a terrifying, scary fear thing. Yeah. The good news, and this is this is really the good news of this whole thing, is that Jesus allows anyone to be his disciple, right? Yep. You're yeah. invited right now, today, where you're at. Uh, maybe there's someone you're even thinking about who you're like, they'll never follow God. They'll never accept Jesus. Um, Jesus is waiting with open arms for that person. Yep. And that's the good news. And that's why it's so inclusive. Uh, Jesus is like the most inclusive person there could be. He loves you where you're at, yep. right where you're at. If you're in the middle of, uh, of sin, if you're in the middle of shame, if you're in the middle of being a part of this adulterous and sinful generation, Jesus still 
loves you and wants you to come to him. He doesn't want you to clean yourself up first uh, before you come to him. Because people love to do that, man. People are like, oh, if I go to church, I need to like, maybe I need to like stop sitting for a while and then I'll go to church. That's not how it works. Yeah. Uh, you need to come to Jesus now and let Jesus be the one to help you get yourself cleaned up. Yeah, um, yeah absolutely. So I could talk about that forever, but we're done with our passage, Pat. Yeah, and we are out of time. So thanks for tuning in to today's devotional and you will hear from us again soon. All right, love you guys out there. Bye. Bye.